0: Hello, my friends. Welcome to Hope for Your Heart. It's the Friday broadcast, and I want to begin the broadcast by inviting you to church this weekend. One of my elders constantly reminds us that Hickory Ridge Community Church is within 45 minutes of anybody who lives on the south side of Hampton Roads. So come on down this Sunday at 9 o'clock or 1045, and we would love to worship with you. And bring your kids with you. Bring your teenagers, if you have teenagers with you. Bring your children, your grandchildren. Bring your friends. uh, Bring your relatives. Come on, let's celebrate the resurrection of Christ this Sunday. Well, we are finishing up our, our study today on what happens when we are saved. Well, we're truly born again. And we're looking at the story found in Luke chapter 5. We're looking at the story of Jesus leading Peter to a saving knowledge of him. And Peter's eyes are opened and Peter's fears are relieved. And that's the first thing that we covered. When a person is born again, we discover that the change that takes place, first of all, is that God takes these fears and all these failures and he turns them into success. God protects us, and he gives us victory. And then we learn, secondly, that God takes our failures, and he turns them into success, and he does it by turning sickness into health. And that's where we left off yesterday. Luke 5.12, Jesus, was he's traveling around in various towns, there was a man that came to him that was covered with leprosy. Luke 5.12. Jesus tells this man, and he reaches out, and he touches the man, and he says, are you willing to be made clean? And the man says, I am willing. And Jesus said, okay, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus tells him, don't tell anybody. Go show yourself to the priest for a sacrifice that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to others. Uh, Yet the news about the man spread. So the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. But Jesus often withdrew himself to the lowly places, and he prayed. So when God brings salvation, he brings healing. When our will is surrendered to God's will, that's when the healing begins. Look at verse 12, Luke 5. He fell with his face to the ground. He begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So the man is healed. Now, our healing has a confirmation. Jesus reached out, touched the man. The man says, I'm willing. Jesus said, Okay, be clean. And immediately the leprosy went off from him. So we see the confirmation in that this man who was healed had to go to the priest, offer a sacrifice. And there was to be a testimony of his change, of his healing. Now, if you have been born again, especially if you've been born again as an adult, those who knew you pre conversion will have seen a major change in your life. They see the healing that has taken place. That is one of the confirmations that you are born again. God brings healing. Number three. God turns guilt into forgiveness. We're still in Luke chapter 5, 17 to 26. I won't take the time to read this whole portion of scripture, but we have the conversion of a paralytic, okay? This man is healed. Here's a testimony from a lady in our church who said, you know, at the very start of attending, when the church is still meeting at the Rodden Club, it says Calvin Corbett it was hardcore, and asked me, do you know where you're going? Are you saved? Well, yes, I'm saved. I was baptized as an infant, raised in the church and confirmed. And so I said, yes, Jesus is my Savior. I turned away for a while, but God was there for me. I needed him. Uh, So fast forward, I started dating and looking toward marriage, and uh, the partner says you should be saved. I say, no, I, I am saved. Then I had a few fights over it with my intended spouse, but then a friend came to me and shared the gospel with me, and I was truly born again. Then I was baptized. Then I recommitted my life to Christ and joined Hickory Ridge Community Church. My life has changed for me in many ways. It's been a journey that began that May back in nineteen. 19- 97. Uh, So this lady is still a part of our church today, 25 years later. Amazing, right? When we become truly born again, God turns guilt into forgiveness. And he gives us this faith that is a blessing to others. In verse 20, we have this paralytic that's being healed. When Jesus saw their faith, who's that? The faith of the friends, right? Because they lowered him down, Jesus said, your faith, the friends of your faith, has saved you. Now, only Jesus can bring about the healing, but he uses the faith of the friends to bring healing to this individual. Only Jesus can heal guilt. You know, you may know the Son of Man has authority over all of the earth to forgive sins. So he says, take up your mat and go home. And look at the joy that we see in this man. This man has been converted. He's been healed. Everybody around him was amazed. They were filled with awe. And look what they said. We have seen remarkable things today. They have seen that faith in Christ brought healing of their guilt, brought healing for the paralytic man. When we put our faith in Christ, It changes everything. He takes a sinner and turns that sinner into a saint. Uh, So, we've discovered a whole lot of things today uh, in the message, but let's look at now the conversion of Matthew. We saw Peter's conversion, we saw the leper healed, we saw the paralytic healed. Now, we're going to see the conversion of Matthew, Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 to 31. Verse 27, follow me, and Levi, that's Matthew, got up, left everything, and followed him. So, conversion requires leaving everything, including our self-righteousness. Conversion also involves sometimes being misunderstood. Let's look at verse 29. Then Matthew held a great banquet for Jesus in his house. And a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, who belonged to their sect, complained to his disciples. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Now, here's the misunderstanding, right? Jesus has just led Matthew to the Lord. says, follow me, get up. And uh, he left everything and followed him. Now Matthew decides to invite some friends over for what we could call a Matthew conversion party, right? Well, he's just a brand new believer. So the only people that he knows are people who are unbelievers. So he's hey, guys, come on over. Uh, I want you to meet this guy, Jesus. I'm going to have a party. Uh, so large crowd of tax collectors and others are eating there. The Pharisees and the teachers, they're looking on, and they're seeing this happen. They see Jesus go to this party and say, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Well, let's look at the result. I have come not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And Now, this is a radical conversion. It's not just a patch-up job. It is a completely changed person. Jesus even illustrates it this way in verse 26, Luke chapter 5. No one tears a piece or a patch from a new garment and sews it onto an old one. If he does, he will have torn the new garment, and the patch from the new will not match the old. So salvation is not a patch-up job. It's not an external job. It is a completely new garment. One of my church members talked about their conversion experience, and they said, one of our family members, who I'm forever grateful for, my nana, took me to church when I was young. And a pastor in Port Orchard, Washington, was sharing the Word of God, and he shared the gospel with me, and now, as a result of that, I was saved way back in 1998, and my life has never been the same. And this lady is still a part of my church today as well. Amazing when you think about it. It's not just a patch-up job. It's not a California hot patch Put it in a hole in your life. It is a completely new garment. Jesus also gives the illustration of the change that takes place. Verse 37 No one pours new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new one will burst the skins, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. So we're not pouring something new into our old life. We're getting a whole new skin, and we're getting a whole new life. Here's how another believer shared their testimony who's a part of my church. I'm forever grateful for everyone at Hickory Ridge Community Church for sharing the gospel with me. I was struggling very bad. My husband and I were struggling, and so we went to the church for the very first time, I was eight months pregnant with our third child. Everybody was so welcoming and so kind. We left that Sunday knowing we had found what we were desperately looking for. I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I was baptized. And now I can honestly call this church, Hickory Ridge Community Church, my family. Wow, a change of life. New wine, new skin. You know, when God changes a person's life. You are never again quite the same. As you think about your life today, we've looked at a lot of great illustrations, and we've looked at a lot of opportunities to see, how can I be changed by the power of God? I think one of the things that really helps bring about and solidify great change in our life, there's three things that we've got to really focus on. Number one, the people that we hang with. Who are you hanging with? who is influencing you? And when I say the people that we hang out with, I'm talking about the influences that we receive also through our devices, right? The influences that we receive over our computers or over our television sets, the people that we meet, the people that we allow to influence us. Listen, if you hang out with winners, you'll be a winner. You hang out with losers, you'll be a loser. And so who are you hanging out with? Number two, the places that you're going to. How are you spending your free time? When we talk about the places that we're going to, oftentimes we think about, well, I shouldn't go to certain places of ill repute, right? But I'm also talking about the places that you allow your mind to hang out with. We are told to capture every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Are you capturing those thoughts today? So the people that we hang out with, the places that we go, and number three, the materials that we read. Listen, if you read good books, you're going to be a good person. If you read junky books, you're going to be a junky person. Read trash, you become filled with trash. I also think that an abundance of prayer helps us to grow exponentially. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, in verse 12, he says, you know, all things are lawful for me. But all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I'll not be dominated by anything. First Corinthians 6, 12. Let's drop down to verse number 19. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You're not your own, you have been bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So Paul has told us all things are lawful but not all things are helpful. You know in the day-to-day matters of life, so many concerns and so many decisions fill our minds. These decisions will impact our families, our communities, and our churches. When it comes to what we are supposed to do with our bodies, some people may say, well, does it really matter? When you think about your body that is where the holy spirit resides because of that we should take care of our bodies because it is a temple of god it doesn't really belong to us i think often that this bod belongs to god we are to glorify god in this body we don't worship this body but we know that the holy spirit lives within us so if i neglect my health, and I neglect taking care of my body, then I can be in a very dangerous position. I can be a very poor testimony for Christ. So maybe today we need to spend some time praying and following through and asking the Lord to give us good health so that our bodies can be good representations of Christ living within us. So I want to encourage you to pray for your leaders. Pray that they will daily make the right choices that will be profitable for their body, soul, and spirit. That we will make wise choices when it comes to eating. That we will make wise choices when it comes to rest and sleep. You know, as we think about how God designed our bodies, I think if you get between six and eight hours of sleep, good sleep a night, you're going to discover a major increase in your life spiritually. God designed us that we need times of rest. But God also designed us, and we should be praying that God will be glorified through our bodies, that these bodies will be good testimonies for Christ, and pray that God will give us wisdom as we are navigating through our lives. Part of good health is to be able to have mental health and a mind that is aware of Christ moving within us, a mind that is surrendered to Christ. So, pray for your leaders. Pray that they will have mental strength, uh, that the pastors, especially, and those who are in leadership positions in your church, that they will properly be able to deal with all that comes before the church. You know, when you think about what pastors are facing today, according to Barna, who did a survey back in 2021, he said 38% of U.S. pastors have thought about quitting full-time ministry in the past year. Many are on the brink of burnout. As we look at praying for one another, maybe we should pray that that our pastor will be focused and that he'll be balanced in his life. There was a further breakdown of this, which is even more alarming. Barnard discovered that 46% of pastors under the age of 45 say they are considering quitting full-time ministry compared to the 34% of pastors who are 45 and older. Now, if younger pastors are burning out, what does this say about our churches in the next decade? When Barner polled pastors to score themselves in six well-being categories, healthy pastors were those who scored themselves excellent or good in all six areas. The survey says, Only one in three pastors, that is 35%, consider themselves healthy in terms of well-being. Now, this trend was already noted prior to COVID-19 pandemic. Since the pandemic, when the difficulties of needing to completely reimagine what the church should be doing, sharp church divisions were facing the church. There was crisis among the members. There was financial strains, and it is no wonder that pastors now, more than ever, are overwhelmed, are experiencing a significant amount of burnout, leading to a serious consideration of leaving the ministry. So let's pray for protection over your pastor's mental well-being. Pray that God will give them time for daily refreshment and empowerment through deep moments with. The Lord. Pray that God would speak personally to your pastor. Pray that he'll have that time that he needs. Pray that they will grow spiritually. Pray that God will take care of all of the necessary needs they have in their lives, that they will get the breaks and the vacations and the, and the time that they need. I want to encourage you pray for your pastor. Has it ever occurred to you that if you spend as much time praying for your pastor? As you did about complaining about your pastor, how much that could change? How much that could change him, and how much that could change you? Pray for God's protection over the church and over the leaders of the church. There was a book that was written by Peter Scazzero, and he writes in this book, The Emotionally Healthy Church, that the overall health of any church or any ministry depends primarily. On the emotional and the spiritual leadership. Where is the church spiritually? Where is their leadership spiritually and emotionally? You see, emotional health is very much linked to self awareness, very much linked to maturity. And so we need to pray that our leaders will be emotionally healthy so that we can also have leaders that are spiritually healthy. So pray fervently. You know, I have discovered a whole new avenue of spiritual freedom by spending much time in prayer. And I couple it with physical exercise. I believe in prayer walking. So I walk around my neighborhood and I pray as I'm walking. I listen to God's word as I'm walking. It has made a world of difference in my life. Prayer changes things. Prayer will give you victory over temptation. You know, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus gives us the model prayer. And part of that prayer says, lead us not into temptation. I love that, don't you? I used to say, well, Lord, don't lead me into temptation because I can find enough of it on my own. But Jesus said, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Some translation says, deliver us from the evil one. Now, I want you to know, Jesus knows exactly what it's like to be tempted. Paul wrote to the Hebrew believers that we have a high priest, Jesus, who is able to sympathize with our weaknesses because he was in every respect, every avenue, he was tempted as we are tempted, yet without sin. Now, I want you to picture for me for just a moment. Picture a rainbow trout quietly, safely, floating in its strand of grass along the still waters, along the shore. And he's right there behind a rock. And then a fly drops into the water. It wiggles around, attempting to return to the air. This grabs the attention Of that rainbow trout. And he sees that fly and he's hungry. And so he grabs onto that fly and he consumes that fly. Now, in most cases, the fish pursues the fly and will secure a bit of food because this occurs thousands of times daily in this fish's natural habitat. And it's the most reasonable thing to do. So, without thinking of the consequences, the fish darts from its protective cover and he bites the fly. On this time, however, it's not a fly, but it's a lure with an embedded hook that, unless the fish can disengage from that hook, will inevitably end up dying at the bottom of that fisherman's boat. You see, this is how temptation works. Each man is tempted, according to the book of James, as he is lured away and enticed by his own desires. These desires then, once they are conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. So temptation in and of itself is not a sin. Now, it can lead us oftentimes to sin, but temptation in and of itself is not sin. In this passage, James chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, James is using fishing terminology as a picture for us to see the sequence of what happens when we give in to temptation. We're allured, we're enticed. Both mean to be drawn out, to lure away, to be enticed by a bait, like a fisherman who lures his prey from his place of safety hoping to hook, trap, or net the fish. I want you to know, as you pray to be delivered from temptation, God will deliver you. We pray believing that God can deliver us from the evil one. We study God's word, so we have an arsenal of response to give when we are tempted. Every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lusts. But if we surrender to the word of God, we will be set free. Well, I hope today's message has encouraged you and blessed you. It is Friday afternoon, and so I want to remind you to worship the Lord this weekend. Show up at your church. Be enthusiastic about worshiping. Serve the Lord in your church. You will be a blessing to your congregation. You'll be an encouragement to your pastor. And if you don't have a place to worship, why don't you come on down to Hickory Ridge Community Church. 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. We're only a short drive for you if you live in the Southampton Roads. If you live down in Moyoc, we are really close to you. Come on and join us. Half of our church lives in Moyoc, okay? So come and worship this weekend at 9 o'clock or 1045. Well, God bless you. If I can pray for you, 252 267 2365. Have a great weekend. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at Buzzsprout.com/1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ there is always hope for your heart.